Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I sit down and discuss um, the spiritual path and the sense of continuing to seek. Uh, a lot of times people will um, engage with the Jesus prayer or finish uh, confirmation and think their uh, path is done on the spiritual journey or the Christian journey. And uh, David and I sort of threw out some counterpoints to that. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Uh, thank you to Jacob Nedia uh, from Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, uh, theruined.com is a place to go. Uh, drcrpod.com is a place to go for other episodes of this podcast or wherever you, whichever podcatcher you use. Uh, you should be able to find them there. Dreamwalkerway.com is a place to go for David Morrison's book, Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow. That is a collection of haiku. And uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing, till, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you, and let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, David Morrison. Hola, sir. Happy Saturday. Yeah. Divisional round football Saturday weekend. Should be good. Hopefully. Um, how are you today? A little sleepy, but sleepy. doing all right. Did you have a late night music session? No, I went to bed responsibly for a Friday night. Nice. 10.30. But the night before, I stayed up until uh, 2.30. You guys went back to the... I forgot to... I haven't even asked you. <laughs> How was the second go round of Van Gogh? Oh yeah, it was it, incredible. It, yeah, it was really good. Ah, so good. Still, um, two rounds. For any of you that might be new or don't listen consistently, uh, we're talking about this thing called Beyond Van Gogh, uh, and we actually did an episode about that. So this will post the first Tuesday in February. So go back two or three episodes. It's called yeah, it's in January. Saint Vincent, the patron patron saint of color. I think so. Yeah. San Vincent. Yes, sir. <laughs> um. Anyways, if you get the opportunity to go see Beyond Van Gogh, it's uh, I we highly recommend it. It's um, it's quite inspiring. Yeah. Today, um, we are going to. So what? A couple weeks ago. On one of the podcasts, either the one that posted last week for the Pathways to Presence. Oh, that's another thing. David and I just did some pre-show. Uh, what's it called? Pre-show planning. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> our, our five minutes before we turn on the microphones. Yeah. There's another point I forgot to bring up, but I'll just if bring five it up. five minutes, yeah. I'll bring it up during the, the thing. But uh, either last week on the Pathways to Presence or the week the week before on the episode, um, and we've, we've hit this point before, but this idea of like, after you do the Jesus prayer, uh, once you do baptism, you're all set in Christianity. Or th that's kind of the prevailing idea. Maybe you could articulate it a little bit better. Yeah. Well, it's, it's this, it's, it's this uh, insistence. It's probably a human, human yeah. thing. I yeah, don't think it's even true. cultural. I think it's more. I would tend to agree with that. <clears throat> we want to, we want to 
when we experience the astonishment of our own selves or have a spiritual awakening of any sort, uh, whether in any religion or tradition, doesn't matter. There's this sense of insisting that it's it's a done deal. Mm. So I, I was born again in 1988. <laughs> and, you know. And I'm all set. And I'm all set, yeah. And I guess we were talking about the, it was the feast of Jesus's baptism. That's what it was. Okay. And it's an invitation to reflect on your own baptism. And then I brought up that many of the, particularly the liturgical churches, uh, that's that's been a problem for a long time. Uh, one of their problems has been a person will go through, uh, like in the Catholic Church, they call it the Rites of Christian Initiation, RCI, and they'll they'll go through the 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 program, you know, the the classes. It usually has a retreat in there, and then they God always got to have a retreat. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and if and as an adult going through that, the RCI, you you get three three of the seven sacraments knocked out, filled in on your bingo card. So what baptism? Uh, you get baptism, you get first communion, and you get confirmation. confirmation okay. All in, you know, yeah, one baby. shot. So yeah, I got to scrabble, you know, and and the problem that liturgical churches have been experiencing is that then they stop coming to church altogether right. after this. They just drop off like, the face. Thanks. And and I've heard some anecdotes where the the priest or or the pastor will go and check up on this person, and they'll say, "Oh, we thought we were done." They honestly thought they were. Just, it was just done. It was you know we they graduated. I, yeah, I graduated. Yeah. Exactly. There's this sense of graduation, this sense of finality, rather than this is all a process and it probably never ends. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an eternal process. Um, and so that's that's kind of what we were. And I think we've talked about it. There was a philosopher, and I think I forgot his name the first time, uh, but his he would wear a cue around his neck. Uh, oh, to uh, to sig signify... Was not QAnon, right? Uh, it was like the original scripture or something. No, it was just his. It was his motto, uh, his philosophy. Okay, was, I don't think we have talked about this guy. I forget his name, but yeah. it was asked the next question. Okay, and and a, and he'd wear a Q, and and people would say, "Hey, why are you wear a Q around your neck, huh?" And then he would say, "Ask the next question," and then they would say, uh, "Is your last name start with a Q?" <laughs> Is your first name? Are you Cupid with a Q? That sounds like a a hip hop Cupid. Yeah, they they use it in a in a line for a double entendre. So anyway, yeah, or or and I know we've talked about the Buddhists, the Zen saying before enlightenment do the dishes, after enlightenment do the dishes. So it's it's this idea of a continuous. Revelation, a continuous experience of of your life, of being in wonderment, of experiencing the depths of God. To me, they're all the same. I'm comfortable with that. I don't separate those things. Mm -hmm. And I know people, they have a hard time with that. Some people, mm -hmm. many people do. But uh, I would just say, well, you go do you and uh, go separate your stuff out. But uh, well, yeah, so I, I, I think the presence of God burns in the heart of all creation. I think that's mm -hmm. the symbology, even though that's not a word, the symbolism <laughs> of the burning bush in, mm -hmm. in, in Exodus. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, the, it's the, uh, the fire uh, of, of the presence of, of God burning in the heart of 
material creation, material mm-hmm. the material world, the physical world. And so, so in that when you look at it that way, and especially if you just start studying the subatomic world, it's endless. Mm-hmm. The physical world is endless, right? And so, or if you go outward to, to the cosmos, uh, you know, the, the universe just yeah. keeps expanding and expanding, and you know, the billions well, and it's of stars. Even, and, it's even breathing because sometimes it's contracting and then it starts to expand yeah. again. So, so that is almost even the universe is breathing. Almost. Yeah. So to me, there's no difference between that and sitting in a, a dusty old cathedral and, and sitting in silence or, or sitting at the, de- the, the bedside of a dying loved one and seeing the mystery of the ending of life and the beginning of, of death. Uh, and that mystery. So it's, so it's intimate and it's universal at the same time. And to me, it's all, it's all the same experience. It's a spiritual experience to me. A human experience is a spiritual experience. Yeah. And, and so anyway, that's where I'm at with it. No, yeah. And, and um, so, so yeah, so today's topic is sort of that, the importance of that continuation. Right. To, to maybe not even be okay with it, but just the acknowledgement of the continue, the continuous path of, of this thing, um, this thing called life, yeah. you know, because you're like, you're saying it's, the spiritual life is life. Yeah, it, they're, they're, it's hand in hand. But um, two two of the things that um, sort of reminded me of this, and and um, so the, these are two quotes from uh, the book Alcoholics Anonymous. This first one is on um, page sixty, right after the twelve steps, and um, it's talking about uh, three ideas that the that the book makes clear. And the last one is that. Um, well, I'll just read all three of them. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we're alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And then this is the one, C is the one we're talking about today, that God could and would if God were sought. Um, and it's not just about alcoholism. It's about anything that's, yeah. that's, that's quote unquote crushing our soul. Um, and then the second quote is from page 46. Um, it's and it, it, it's from a chapter called We Agnostics, where it's kind of talking about people that show up with the um, either a lack of a conception or like a, not willing to believe in God, or they believe in God but uh, find it so um, they feel like they've been wronged by God in some way, shape, or form. Mm. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another con- another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with God. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, we begin to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. Um, and and I was, uh, I heard I, I, I heard that paragraph, and I've, I've heard the paragraph before. It wasn't like it's the first time I encountered it. But um, that idea of earnestly, seeking yeah being serious about it um i feel also being consistent about it and so i guess that's 
uh, <laughs> this is quite the introduction to our topic. Um, but that's sort of my first question to you as, and I guess I'll kind of break it down like that. It seems as though from the stories you and I have shared uh, privately and then obviously on this podcast that this idea of seeking a God, seeking Christ um, has been with you uh, almost, almost instinctively. And these are my words as an observer of things you've shared with me. It's, it seems like this seeking um, has al- almost been intuitive to you from a young age. Um, whereas for myself, I was seeking something. I, I have been seeking something, but it only probably in the second half of my life has shifted to this thing we call God or this thing we call yeah. higher power, right? Which we don't, I mean, the, that, the other point is we don't have to seek it because God's already here with us now, right? Right. But that's a whole, that's a whole, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll acknowledge that. Paradox. <laughs> yeah. It's the beautiful paradox that, that we uh, stumble into. Um, so I guess the question is, you know, maybe at this point in your life, sort of reflecting back, um, I mean, is that a, is that a fair assessment or sort of how do you see your, your relationship with seeking, um, you know, this thing called, this thing called Christ? Yeah. I, I I don't know. I can't explain why. I'm not trying to get into some heaven, honestly. Mm-hmm. That might sound controversial to some, but I, I, I don't. Even even as in your younger days, like I, oh yeah, younger days, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, there was definitely the fear of you know what a divine judgment and mm-hmm. uh, dying with you know as a Catholic dying with a mortal soul, a, a mortal sin on your soul. <laughs> right. Uh, and <laughs> it's funny sure though the biggest mortal sin rights. outside of murder was missing mass. <laughs> You missed that's, mass. That's it's a, a that's mortal amazing. sin on your soul. Uh, that's so great. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. And then as a Pentecostal charismatic, it was more uh, divine rewards at the judgment day and that kind of stuff. And now that stuff doesn't motivate me. Right. It doesn't really, uh, I'm not interested. That's to me, it's just low level folktale, mm-hmm. which has its value, uh, you know, but. It doesn't. So the last two times in my adult life where I had near death experiences, that wasn't even in the equation where there was. Oh, where you where you would quote unquote. Yeah, I'm not even going to a place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There wasn't even a sense of going to. And again, this is subjective. Uh, This is my experience, and so it's not. You know, I'm not concluding. This is the end all answer to all reality. We're not not laying any of that. We're not laying down a theology. No. Today, we're just having a conversation about these things. And I don't think, you know, not to sound cynical, but uh, you don't see Christian theologians studying the scriptures and coming to the conclusion that uh, uh, Reverend Moon is the, the Messiah. Mm. Uh, or you know, and that's a radical example. But they don't come. They, in other words, they're they're already seeking something. They already have what they're mm-hmm. looking for mm-hmm. a presupposed set of ideas. You don't see uh, Islamic clerics studying the Quran and concluding uh, that uh, uh, you know the the Baha'i religion is true. Yeah, they're uh, not they're <laughs> not making radical 
shifts in these in yeah, these sacred texts. Exactly. Right. And we and you know, and that might be cynical, but you do have to consider that. That's mm-hmm. and so so and spirituality is not really interested in any of that. Mm-hmm. And life experience and reality and the cosmos uh and the and the bee that's flying around your garden, they don't care mm-hmm. about any of that stuff. Uh and so I've completely forgot your question. Well just just reflecting <laughs> back about this like this almost intuitive oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, desire to seek. Yeah. Maybe desire is the wrong word, but just just sort of have it. It's been folded into your life. Like if you think about like folding dough, right? right it seems right. like you, you, you've continued that that folding process. Yeah. Um, where it may be, it's not net. And I, I, I guess just starting with it coming on at such an early age. For yeah. You. Yeah. I, I would say at the age of 12, I was burned, if you will, with a vision of the sacred heart Mm -hmm. of Jesus. 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 Some people can say, well, that's just cultural. And I would say it's it's cultural, yes. It's not only cultural, though, Mm -hmm. uh, because it it changed my life. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I guess, uh, pierced me with a Mm -hmm. sense of hauntedness and wonder uh, at this, you know, at, at the divine. And so that's, yeah. So, so do you think, so, so I guess, well, I know, I know you feel like there's a before and after of that point that you just talked about, right? This piercing of it. But do you think prior to that, there was a, a seeking involved in your life or did that sort of flip the switch in you? Yeah, I think that's kind of flipped the switch. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like a switch, but it wasn't something I could talk about at the age right. of 12. I didn't tell yeah, my yeah. parents, Hey, I saw this. <laughs> Guess what I, I saw? I didn't talk to anybody about it, but they noticed something was up with me and started encouraging that life of prayer. And they just being a Catholic Irish Catholic family are like, Oh, he's, he's the priest. Yeah, you just know? assumed. Uh, and so, uh, anyway, that's kind of. And, and so I guess sort of connected with that same question of like the flipping switched, um, the flipping switched, <laughs> <laughs> the flipping switch within our souls. <laughs> uh, I guess better being flipped this... off by a switch <laughs> <laughs> or both <laughs> that, that moment. So it's sort of a marker in your life or it is a marker. Yeah. In your life. And it was a slow, a slow burn too. Because it, you mean in the sense that it stuck with you but, all those years? Yeah, and and progressed mm-hmm. very slowly. In, in in other words, like in your awakening, how you were in college. Yeah, I was. Well, yeah, and I was twenty four. See, so the day after your awakening, you didn't drink alcohol anymore. There was an obvious external, mm-hmm. uh, tangible change in your life, uh, and and even though it was the beginning of sobriety, which is a long, 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 long path. Right. But, but it was a quick switch. Kind of. Whereas well, me, it was just a, a, an over, it was all internal is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It was, there was a, a, you know, a, for lack of a better word, it was a, a love uh, for Christ. Yeah. Not really knowing who that was. And, is. and, and for me with that, so there, there's an example too within that where, there's a date where I stopped drinking and then it probably was four or five weeks later. It was less than two months for sure. 
but somewhere within that two month period where there was what you're talking about, an internal shift of like buying in is in the sense of like, oh, maybe I should try some of these things they're talking about in the 12 step program. Right. So they're there. And I wouldn't, and I would say that was actually more profound in the sense of, uh, the earnestness mm-hmm. or the seriousness of wh- how I was going to engage it. Cause I, yeah. from, but from the time I quote unquote stopped drinking or not quote unquote, but from the last time I ingested alcohol to that moment, I was kind of lackadaisical, like kind of, you know, window shopping, if you will, like, right, Oh, what right. is this about? You know, who are these people? Um, very hesitant, you know what I mean? I was kind of kept an arm's length, but then that internal thing, um, rolled over in me and, and it yeah. was like, Oh, okay. Maybe I, you know, and then fast forward to today, you know, where I'm at today. And, and now we're talking about these, co- having the idea of having these conversations for me, uh, a little less than, or almost 15 years ago. So over 14 years ago to think you and I would be sitting down with a, with a pastor talking about earnestly seeking Christ would have been so far out of my conception of, of where my life would end up. Yeah. You know, and so it, it's for me, it's then that slow burn then cut on in me. So you were 12. For me, it was yeah. like 24, 25 time, time frame. And I, I prefer the title failed pastor. <laughs> so if you would just please address my, me. My bad. Yeah, if you would address me by I, my proper credentials. I, I Yes, I already, I that was my bad. You have, you have uh, yeah, uh, corrected yeah. me in that before. <laughs> and at 12, uh, yeah, my personality was still developing. Right. I was still growing. I was still a jackass just as much, <laughs> you know what I mean? Being yeah, 12, yeah, my body was still changing, all those things, you know, uh, still trying to probably master basic things like uh, the times tables probably still maybe. I don't, yeah. I'm, I don't forget what age you're supposed to. I was a late bloomer in that. So See, I was the opposite. The times tables I was good with. It was the reading stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was pretty good late. at the reading stuff. It was stuff, the late, but... right, right. um so so i guess uh i'm interested too so this isn't your wording i'm using the wording i read from the um from the the book of alcoholics anonymous but this idea of like um earnestly seeking seriously seeking yeah if someone you know someone what, what what comes to mind for you as a car of sorts, you know, f- like if, if a soul friend came to you and was like, yeah, well, yeah. you know, what, what's up with this? Why do I got to keep seeking? Why do I got to do it intentionally? Like, I just want to, I just want to sit back and do nothing and let God come to me. Yeah. Um, what, what's the significance of seeking? What, what does that sort of spark for you? Yeah, I would, you know, it depends on the individual. Of course. Yeah. Where they're at. So so talking to my younger self, um, I would have been a very intense young man, mm-hmm. putting in, th- quantitating my prayers. You know, I'm praying two, three hours. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I want to experience Fast, this, fasting I experience for that. Days yeah, and days. Yeah, 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 fasting and that kind of stuff. Um and so I would just say, yeah, go with it until it, it fails you. And, mm. uh, and then it will fail you and it's supposed to fail you. Of course. And, 
And then there are those, you know, where you get to a place where, uh, like, we should probably do an episode on him, uh, Meister Eckhart, the, mm. the German mystic, right, right. Uh, Dominican priest and uh, proud heretic, uh, <laughs> was, uh, would, would often write prayers that would say, oh, God, save me from you. Mm. And so, in other words, there's a time where you have to to give up religion yeah. to keep going forward. And so there are a lot, of, and there's some in our community right here now that exactly that. Yeah. And Peter Rollins, uh, the the Irish uh, teacher philosopher, uh, he talks a lot about. He has a little program that he does where you he encourages people to give up give up God from mm-hmm. Lent, yeah, that kind of stuff. Right. And so that's exactly so there's so there's a point where you need to do that mm-hmm. uh and then you might pick those things up again and they're completely different uh and so you know so it's it's a very you know it's just it's it's a it's a moving river it's a moving target all the time well and i think too it, it's funny because as you were saying that it i've had a couple different conversations in fact you and i might have talked about this on the pathways to presence one but when you're engaging with with um, I don't want to use the word scripture because it, it's it's you kind of it's kind of focused on the Bible, but um, sacred text. When yeah. you engage with a sacred text, um, every time you read it, it's different. Right. But the the ink on the page is not different. Those are still right. the exactly. same. Exactly. But you have become different. And I think what, you know, that is also true with these, this idea of practices, yeah. um, you know, how I meditate now, and I mean this very, you know, very much for myself, how I meditate today is way different than how I meditated exactly. five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, things like that. And so, um, that is an interesting point to make as far as the importance of sometimes you put things down. Yeah, and see to, what's there. Yeah, to revisit it maybe, and maybe to never revisit it. That's the other yeah, thing. Like that too. Be okay with that. Yeah, this evolution is unpredictable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've said this often, but I don't. I don't think being a true believer versus being an atheist, and then in the middle being an agnostic. I, I don't think those are helpful conversations. Uh, those are experiences that all of us experience. Right. We all experience sure. belief. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, and then, and then we, uh, and then we have an experience of atheism, Mm. uh, an empty sense of, of any kind of presence and love. Uh, and then, um, and then we experience agnosticism probably most of the time, if, if most people were honest, right? Because we don't know. Yeah. 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 We have no, (laughs) Oh yes, I do. No, you don't. (laughs) Shut the, (laughs) uh, you know, and, and they, you know, and it's the, the common or the, the popular uh, populist saying, beware the true believers, mm. beware of them because they're, mm-hmm. because they've just big deal. You self hypnotized yourself uh, or well, I just, I just double and doubled that up, but <laughs> you, you, uh, you hypnotized yourself and that's a very possible thing to do. And well, and sometimes congratulations. There's, there's external forces trying to hypnotize us as well. Oh yeah. Advertisers you know? would like to have a word. <laughs> For sure. That's a well, I was thinking more of the extreme case of Colts, but yeah, I mean, oh, even something yeah. is something as mundane as that of the commercials you're playing. Yeah, for sure. You know, and you and I talked about this last week that the stupid uh, Whopper commercials right now. Yeah, best jingle ever. <laughs> I think so about laziest it. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I think about it when I don't have the damn 
you know, TV on or whatever. I don't, I Even don't the guy know. singing it, you could tell. <laughs> he's, he's so a, sick. You could tell it. he's a real singer and he's singing terribly on purpose. He's that good. And so it just gets yeah. you in your head. Whopper, 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 <laughs> whopper. Just sing that four times and... Uh, speaking times. of Burger King, if you wanted to, us to do, a, they're not our do, sponsor. Yeah, if you want us to read ads, we will, <laughs> and we will, we will either sing the jingle if you want us to, or if it, if it's so bad, we yeah. won't pay us to not sing the jingle. <laughs> yeah, we'll start talking. We should start threatening these giant companies that we're going to mention them. Well, yeah, we're eating Taco Bell here today, and then they have to pay us to stop. We're like, no, don't eat there anymore. Those those two goofballs in Chaparral do. Um, oh, yeah, geez. yeah, so, the trillion dollar industry of advertising right. is all based on trying to control you and uh, hypnotize you, if yeah. you will. Well, and so and the so this was the other thing that um, I forgot to bring up before we threw the mics on, but. Um, so we're we're doing we did 2022 we started this series called pathways to presence right we used the book richard foster celebration of discipline today we're oh, i'm gonna mess it up open heart open mind by thomas keating open mind open heart <laughs> <laughs> we're doing that for the 2023 dimension of the gospel yeah um and that's based on centering prayer or not it's not yeah i guess yes yeah. it's, it's a it's one of his foundational books to the practice of centering prayer yeah so this idea, open mind, open heart, um, and I—I I don't know exactly the—I can't remember the exact thought process, but it was like, well, why are we doing this? Yeah. Well, it's because of this. What we're talking about today of the 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 importance of continuing to seek, yeah. the importance of finding new tools. You know, I think that's what's cool about the um, the one we did last year. Uh, we did, you know, we did meditation, fasting, celebration, you know, 12 different topics. And for me, very specifically, that book is how I had a big breakthrough with fasting. You know, mm. it gave me some some ideas of, you know, well, why is this important? You know, what, why, why would people do this? You know what I mean? And, and so um, because I grew up in a, you know, in a way that where fasting wasn't on my radar with any right. kind of, of um, spiritual practice. Um, and then fast forward to this, you know, centering prayers. It, it, I know it's been, you know, extremely helpful for you, for the commute, excuse me, for the community, for myself. And so it's like, okay, well, this is just another tool, um, of way people, ways people can engage or not engage for their spiritual growth. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, you know, as far, I, I guess I am interested on, on your, your perspective of, um, that series of pathways to presence and sort of how this, how it, how it rolls into this, uh, this bigger thing of, of just continue trudging down the path, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't okay. Know. I, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I said too much. <laughs> yeah. I think Burger King. Burger King. <laughs> That's what I'm Um, so, so now as you, as you've gotten older and, and, um, the path continues, right? The seeking continues. Yeah. Um, and th this is, this is sort of a tricky question, but as you look, you know, you've traveled however far, right. in whatever ways to get to this point today. And, um, what, what are some of the things sort of looking, looking down the path of, of life and the unpredictability of it and, and just, um, 
either continuing to engage in the same way or, or things that have crossed your mind of like new ways to engage um, in, in this yeah. thing called, called life, called spiritual life. Yeah, I mean, in my experience now, it's more just simply going with the flow. Mm. Uh, so somebody recently, a friend asked me, how's your spiritual life? And that was an odd question. That was a common question mm-hmm. that we would ask each other in the church world. Mm-hmm. And then usually you'd beat yourself up. Oh, I'm not praying much. <laughs> and I'm the, it was the, the more down on yourself you were, the more spiritually you were. The more verbal lashings you could yeah, give yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was in the charismatic world. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Catholic world, you, you just already are not worthy. And, yeah, you're already messing it up yeah. 24-7. <laughs> and so it was just an odd question because I hadn't heard that question in such a long time. And and my immediate reaction was, I don't give a shit. What, what's, oh. And he pushed me further and, you know, and questioning. And I said, I, look, I said, I don't have a need to have the, my finger on that pulse. Mm. Uh, I don't even see myself as being uh, enlightened enough to know what my own spiritual state is right now. Yeah. Uh, right, and right, I'm okay right. with that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he might have been just saying, what are you reading lately? Which he, I guess he could have asked me that. Because <laughs> then Jacob but sent me a message that, what are you reading? You know, that's yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, I'm reading this. What are you uh, listening to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, interested in UFOs again, whatever, <laughs> you know. Listen to Joe, the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> oh, did you listen to those ones? With the... The other, uh, the one with George Napa, ufologist. He's not a ufologist. He's a, a Las Vegas reporter from the 90s, who okay. 80s. I don't know and, if I've uh, listened to that one. And him, and some other guy who was kind of loony. Oh, I have. I have, I have. Yeah, yeah. If it was the two guy. Yeah, I was on yeah, the yeah. YouTube a couple of years ago. I watched that till late in the night. Nice. So I passed out, <laughs> sleep at two in the morning. <laughs> it's so funny too because like is like he's a very controversial figure for whatever reason, but he's like also a very silly dude. Like he's a he's a stand up comedian. Which guy is this? Joe Rogan. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he was he and was the straight man in the. I was gonna that's say, what I thought was because he'd say, "Do you have any proof for that?" Because they would say, "Well, there's this video, la 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 la," and then, and so Rogan would say, "Well, where's the proof for that?" Oh, well, this it got lost at this guy's house, and so Rogan's like, "So you don't have the video?" And they were like, "Well, no." And they'd like kind of, and Rogan was well, like, because he, "Why the hell did I have these guys?" Oh, no, he show? believes though. That's the thing. It's. <laughs> Having listened to him for He's, a long time. He seems skeptical to me he, on that one. He, well, he, that's the thing. He goes through these cycles where he's like a true UFO believer. Uh, and okay. then like he's, two years later, he'll be like, nah, that's just all nonsense. That's I, exactly how I am. <laughs> and then like. <laughs> and I, my spirituality too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, back to the thing with prayer, if you take the, the common understanding, in other words, there's a rule amongst Bible readers, particularly in the evangelical world. That the main thing, the plain thing is oh, the main right, thing. Right, right, you know, that's right. kind of a, one of their rules when you read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, if you take that rule and apply it to what the Bible, particularly the, 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 the Christian scriptures say about prayer, uh, it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't. Uh, ask and you will receive. No, that's hardly, I can think of three major life-altering huge issues mm. that I prayed earnestly and sincerely with fasting, tears, and prayer, and they were not answered. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, you can, you know, and so what Christians will do is to defend God yeah, and the scriptures. Like, like, like God needs so, our Well, it didn't defense. get answered the way that you wanted it to get answered. That's why. <laughs> and it wasn't God's will. And 
Oh, but I tell, I thought you just said it was God's will for someone to live and not die of cancer. Yes, but you know, and and so right. so you you do have to accept that that the claims of of uh, the Christian scriptures, and I've spent my entire life uh, devoted to prayer, like from childhood on. Yeah, and those claims uh, are are not true in the plain sense of the word. Well, and I think too with the um, the par- not the paradox, but the uh and hypocrisy is the wrong word too, but like in one part where it says, go into your, your closet right. and pray there. And then the other, you know, I don't remember that, but there's one where it's like proclaim the word of God. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, well, which one is it, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> am I going to my closet or am I going on the streets? <laughs> and so, so then you're faced with you either dismiss it all. Mm-hmm. Say, well, it's, you know, it's all a bunch of ridiculous, uh, uh superstition and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's ancient religion become, that's not... become super logical about it. Yeah. So you can either go that route. And many of us, maybe you need to go down those streets. Yeah. Maybe that's part of your spiritual development. You need to do that. Then others, well, I just need to try harder, mm. which I've definitely been in that camp. Okay. I got to try harder. Just didn't, I didn't pray the right way. You didn't know, do I enough didn't, hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and that's, you know, and maybe if you need to go down those streets, yeah. uh, or say, no, there's something much bigger and something, you know, and that particular community at that time, that was, they had a reason for saying that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it was nefarious or yeah, right. misleading. Yeah. I just don't believe that. But uh, Well, I think too, our brains need, or maybe I shouldn't talk about other people's, but like my brain, I'm someone that like, if you can simplify it down for me, it feels yeah. a lot more digestible. Right. Right. And and maybe at some point I can get into a little bit more complex idea or, you know, but, you know, what do I need to know today? Yeah. Right. And so this idea of like the plain thing is the main thing. It's like, okay, well, sure. You know, I, I mean, for me, the, you know, the 12 steps is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Like try this first and okay, number two, try this next and so on and so forth where, um. Yeah, and and as you go a little deeper, take for example Mary's prayer at the beginning of uh, Luke, her prayer and her hope and desire of what mm-hmm. her child would become. Right. Well, he he's hanging on a cross at the end, yeah. and uh, and this isn't in the Bible, in the biblical account, but it's it, uh, Michelangelo uh, carved it in stone, and and so it should be in the Bible. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> it might as well be. But it's the Pieta, the that marble statue where she's holding his dead mm. body in her on her lap. That's an amazing, so then it takes on a whole new life and you realize, all right, there's, this God is in my powerlessness. Uh, this God is in my hopelessness, even. Um, my God's in death. Yeah, exactly. Because right? a lot of times they'll be like, oh, it's a living, the living Christ, right? Yeah. The living God, which is true. Yeah. But God's also in death, like, you know. Yeah. And you know. and the victorious people don't want to hear that. And they, of course, and they yeah, yeah. self-hypnotize themselves. Uh, there I doubled it up again, self and self. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and they're, and they're not going to move forward until a significant failure and disappointment happens. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a terrible place to be, too, in, on the spiritual path, is uh-huh. that when you are so addicted to your own self-righteousness and your high morality that the only way forward for you is to have a moral failure that will humble you. Well, uh, that's, that's not a good place to be. I mean, maybe you're there and that's where you're at. Uh, but well, man, not, I don't want to be there. <laughs> well, not even a moral failure, right? Like it could be 
um, something completely outside of our control, right? Like, yeah. a, like a health failure can, yeah. can put you in those places. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, an ending of a relationship. Um, yeah. You know, and people saying people, something about you, you know. Yeah. And I've seen people not die well. There, there really is such thing as a good death. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, death sucks. Right. But there's a there graceful is such thing way as, out. A, yeah. yeah, as a graceful death. There is such thing as a, a not so good death. I've seen them. Well, and, so. and I want to go back to what you're saying, you know, whether it's a moral failure or health failure or something like if you're in that dark place today, um, it's okay to like be there, right? Like it sucks. Yeah. You're in a lot of pain. You're hurting. Um, people around you might not try to acknowledge it. They might try to minimize it. Um, but you know, so for me, right. Like being in a, in a, in a alcohol, alcoholic despair of like, I can't live with this fucking thing and I can't live without it. Right. Yeah. It's a Horrible dark place. It's a dark place to be. Um, and it's even, there, there's even a part of it that I didn't even re- fully realize how dark it was because I was in such denial. Right. Mm. So you might not be there. You might be acknowledging what a dark place you're in and that it, that place is okay. Yeah. It's yeah. painful. Uh, it might be humiliating. Uh, it might be shameful. There might be some yeah. shame in there. It might, you know, um, you might try to minimize it. Those around you might try to minimize yeah. it because they're uncomfortable. Um, yeah, they are. Right. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, it's going to be okay. It might not be okay yeah. for a while. <laughs> but yeah, there's still hope. There's hope on the other side of this darkness. Um, and once again, I, I wouldn't even try to speculate or guess what that hope is for each individual situation. It's different. Yeah. It's different in so many ways, um, you know, and, and maybe you, you want to speak on that a little bit of like just being in those dark places with where hope seems as though it's evaporated. Yeah. Well, I think I've said it before. The only light you see at three o'clock in the morning is the blinking <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. smoke alarm on yep. your ceiling. And that's the, the only, little red dot. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about our mutual friend friends who are going through a very dark time right now in their lives, circumstantially, mm. uh, a, a perfect storm of tragedies, a uh, string of stra- tragedies in a, in a brief period of time. And, and my heart's broken mm-hmm. for them. And I want, you know, and my compulsion is to try to heal them immediately, uh, somehow yeah. fix it yeah, yeah, somehow, yeah. you know, and I can't. And so what I've resolved is all I can do is, sit in the powerlessness i'm powerless to help them so acknowledge that right and look at their powerlessness and then we sit in that powerlessness together uh and maybe distract them with some you know some entertainment maybe be there for a joke or a cigar or something you know and well, but, but other than that the the essence of it is all i can do is sit in my own powerlessness as they sit in their powerlessness and that's very painful for people to do, you know. And but at least in my opinion, you want to fix it. You want to yeah. be helpful in that sense, you know. And those things are necessary. Those, um, I mean, you didn't say this, but you know, maybe you cry together, right? Yeah, we have. Yeah, you know, those. But shared, I didn't help them in any way, <laughs> right? But those shared tears, yeah, it, that's important. Yeah, the shared joke when a joke seems like the last thing that's ne- that's needed, right? Right. That exactly. laughter, right? Yeah. Um, 
so you know it can it can um it's across the board right holding someone and crying with them and then trying to poke a joke in there just to get a, a, a smile even if it's it's for two seconds right that stuff's okay you know that's um and if you're watching someone go through a power listing like we're talking about and you you know and you're heartbroken about it that's okay too you yeah, know yeah yeah it, it's all it's <clears throat> these heartbreaks ripple out right it's never um it's never an isolated thing. It's never just one person. It's always, yeah. it always ripples out. Even if the person going through it seems like they're isolated, feels like they're isolated, yeah. um, you know, and that's, uh, you know, it, it's a meme. Check in on your friends that always seem like they're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's true, right? Like yeah. that's why memes exist because there's some truth in them yeah. as far as like, um, you know, well, even before we, we threw on the mics, you and me, like, I was like, you doing yeah, all right? Yeah. Exactly. You're like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. And you know, and you asked the same question to me because we just know each other so well that we can yeah. sometimes pick up and sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes like, yeah, I didn't sleep a couple nights ago. Um, and then, and then sometimes it's like, well, I am, yeah, this thing happened. Well, it's, you know, it's my daughter, for example, with her struggles in life, uh, life is already a struggle. And then mm-hmm. she had so many other struggles on top of that. And in my powerlessness, a lot of times my only thing with her is, are you drinking enough water? <laughs> I got that. And are you uh, getting some sleep? Are you able to sleep? Uh, and that's all I got. Sorry. Yeah. But at no. least someone cares, right? Yeah. At least somebody, Yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. And, and when uh, uh, Greg Steele's dad recently passed mm. away and, and suddenly, unexpectedly, and, and the same thing, I called him up. And I told him, look, I'm, I'm legally obligated to ask you this question, so don't get mad or uncomfortable. And he was like, yeah, what's that? I'm sure he was and bracing. I said, <laughs> I like, said are, okay. you, are you hydrated? <laughs> and are you at least attempting to sleep? And then he was just like, you're a jackass. <laughs> he didn't say that. Right, right, right. He's always nice. <laughs> the difference between him and me is he just thinks it and then doesn't let himself think it anymore. And then I just say it without thinking it at right. all. So I already know. Just comes right out of my mouth. <laughs> oh shoot! So oh. yeah, yeah. So a lot of times it's just those kinds of simple things, and yeah. Well, and I think that's to sort of continue continue down that similar path. But that is so. This idea of seeking is also not an individual sport. You know, we've talked right. about it yeah, before. Yeah. Like, like you know the the. Um, the Hebrew texts and even early Christianity is very much around this idea of a communal, um, God, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 um, a connection of, of folks. And so, um, yeah, you need mutual support and you need people that would encourage you. And you also need, I know people, I'm not one of these, but I, I know people that are, uh, more intellectually and cognitively driven, rationally mm, driven. Right, right, that's, right. That's yeah, their yeah. kind of their default. Yeah. And, I, and I notice a lot of these people will, uh, these individuals will often, let's say their convictions are more like, say, politically liberal, uh, left-leaning. They'll, they'll uh, watch Fox News on purpose yeah, right, right. to put themselves in a cognitive dissonance on right. purpose so that they can uh, uh, at least... 
the ones that I know are hoping to be more objective. Mm-hmm. Uh, others, maybe it's just so they can sharpen their own arguments. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> they have the the blade, the sharpening yeah. blade out as they watch. <laughs> but this one guy that I know in particular, that is his his goal is to 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 work through as much obje- objectivity. Yeah, right. Whereas I'm I'm in the Hunter S. Thompson school. There's no such thing as objectivity. <laughs> as soon as you're involved, you're subject. You're you're a subject in it, yeah. and so you're part of the, it's all subjectivity it. in that sense. And so I, I I don't worry about trying to be objective anymore because uh, that's not a possibility for me. In that sense, all I right. know is my own meandering experience of this crazy life that is going to end soon, very soon. You know, yeah, so, sooner sooner than we know. Yeah, it's, even it's, if I live 110 years, yeah. it won't be soon enough because you're always now. So anyway. Well, it's just, I was texting with someone last night. We were just talking about, you know, this idea of, of how short life is. Right. Yeah. And just, just, um, this person, I happened to go to high school together. Right. And, and just sort of reconnecting a few years later and just be like, oh, it's blink of an eye. seems like we're just, just hanging out. But, um, well, and to go back to this thing of cognitive dissonance, um, I went through a stage of that with, um, oh, the big church in, in uh, I think it was Seattle, uh, very conservative. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, then he had the big scandal. Mars Hill. Yeah. yeah. What was the name of the guy, though? Driscoll? Uh, Driscoll, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I went through. Mark, I think. Mark yeah, yeah, Mark Driscoll. Driscoll. I went through, I don't remember how many months. Human for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and listen to some of his series, some of it, you know, because we've talked about that a lot of the, a lot of the, de- non-denominational churches will do series based around books in the Bible and stuff and, right. and listening to them and, and just, um, well, for me, especially because I've never spent time in that world. I've never spent time in the, the mega church sort of, um, the mega non, church industry, non-denominational, you know, yeah. get your muffin and your walk, coffee and head into the sanctuary. Yeah. And walk, lift your you know, hands up and praise Jesus. Walk through these different parts of the, the, and it, it was very helpful for me. Um, especially cause I guess it was about the time I met you that I was, I was watching some of those things. And so sort of being able to relate with things you, you have struggled with and, and, uh, yeah. evolved around and, 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 uh, <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better word, grown up in a different way, right? Like sort of getting away from that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, and even now I would, you know, I would be open to revisiting some of those things from times, maybe not that specific thing because I did yeah. want, you know, listen to a bunch of the stuff, but in a similar way, right. Just to get a different perspective or, um, you know, cause at the end of the day I was watching it on YouTube. I think I probably would have never set stepped foot in that church, yeah. you know, like even if I was in Seattle and like was, it was in my backyard or whatever, it's probably not something even in my most curious states I wouldn't go to. Right. But it was helpful to, to hear some of those things, um, whether it was things I learned that I didn't know things I just completely disagreed with. And was like, I was like, wow, that's why do I disagree with that? Why why does that irritate me? Yeah. Yeah, That's a good practice. That's a weird thing to say at church. You know what I mean? And then why does that guy's that pastor's shirt bother me so much? Because they always, you notice these pastors always wear a medium. Right. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, it's funny too because I would. That was another thing I did. I would. I would just listen. I wouldn't watch the the videos. Were sometimes a little bit a little bit much. With the, the thing that reviles me the, the most stage. for some reason is the the little microphone <laughs> that the goes Britney, around the Britney Spears microphone. The Britney Spears mic. Oh, I cannot stand that. That's so funny. Oh, um, it drives me nuts. There's no you know. It's just yeah. Like, why do well, you pick your sports team? It's like well, I, why you know. I like Patrick Mahomes, but I can't stand Kansas City. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean just, anything. I hate just their, the way it is. Yeah, I don't like their, their uniform colors or, uh, their, or their, their racist chop, chants. Their or chop. Their, yeah, their stupid chop. Um, so we're coming up close on, on time here. And, and um, I, I guess just sort of the, the typical question of like, is there you know, anything else around this idea of seeking or um, continuously seeking that, that sort of um, – is on your mind, harder mind, you know, as we, as we wind down here, so to speak. No, I, I guess it's just, you know, uh, what, you know, what questions are coming to your mind? Most mm. people, we have questions like, uh, like for me right now, and it's probably a very common question for my age group is, you know, how, what, what how am I supposed to respond to the diminishing and, and uh, death of my parents, mm. you know, how am I supposed to deal with that? How am I supposed to go on? How am I supposed to uh, serve them at this time in their mm. life as the relationship changes, you know, and I become more parental and they become more of the child, how it reverses that way, you know? And yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. And it's a scary thing to be in the middle of, I could imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there's your spirituality. That's my work right now. So, yeah. well, it's funny too because in a sim- <clears throat> much different way, but a similar way, you know, we we did. There was a Wednesday night thing we did recently about powerlessness, um, and sort of another way. Uh, as you were describing that, for me, it's like what's humbling me. You know, where 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 are the things in my life that my ego is like pushing against? Like, oh, you don't need to do that, or. Yeah. You know, that's too much trouble for you or that's, that's, um, oh, what's the other one? Inconvenient for you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, those things, at least for me where I'm at today is like, okay, those things that I feel aren't for me or that I'm above in some way. Yeah. It's like, okay, let me look there. You know, let me, let me see where that, you yeah. know, is, is, um, you know, and had some, once again, in a different way, you know, my grandma had had a procedure done this week and, and just reaching out to family members and be like, Hey, what do you need? Like, can I support you in some way? And just, you know, just cause it's like intellectually, it's like, Oh, they know they can call me if they need something. Right. But right. it's a different thing for me to initiate. Hey, what do you need me to do? Yeah. Um, and secretly hoping they say nothing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But also knowing that if they, if they make some kind of request, be like, okay, yes, I can, I can do that. I can, you know, and, and, um, because I also don't want to be, I'm, I would be better off for myself just not calling instead of calling and being insincere. Right. You know, that's insincerity is something I've struggled with in the past. And so it's like, okay, how can I be authentic in this moment? Yeah. Um, and I fall short, Yeah. but I get chances to practice. Um, awesome, dude. Yeah. I fucking love you, brother. Much love, my friend. Much respect. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Verge. 
this will be posted in February 2023. Um, so we have about two years and two months worth of podcast out in the world. So if you're looking for other things to um, for us to talk about, oh, I, we haven't said put this out there though. Um, if you if if there's something you a topic you'd like us to talk about. We're kind of in, in the process of trying to figure out some some topics for throughout the year and uh, having discussions around things. And so if there's anything you would like to hear, uh, please contact David or I. Um, you can reach out to desertrainpoll at gmail.com. Um, with that being said, too, des- uh, dreamwalkerway.com is the place to pick up uh, David's book of haiku. It's our merch. Merch, baby! Haiku merch. Oh, um, what's that? It's only one book. Yeah, it's, still on it's still merch. It's still merch. Well, I saw a guy selling uh, water bottles on the street the other day, and I realized uh, he's selling something more important than what we're selling as far as the book is concerned. And so I thought about maybe that's, we should sell the funny. book on the street corner. And we'll, we'll probably get beat up. Though. We'll put a. We'll definitely get Chased beat off. up. But <laughs> that's okay. our territory. Yeah, we need to put that uh, the sticker with the the sunset and the yuccas on Dasani water bottles. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Jacob. Nedia, monkdrums.com. That's what you hear in the background. Danny West, he does all the editing and sound engineering. Um, Theruin.com, if you want to learn more about Desert Rain community. And do you have anything? No. Appreciate everyone listening. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Astonished that people listen. Thank you, Mr. Morrison. Thank you, sir. And that's a wrap.